Welcome to On The Rise, a podcast about female college tennis players on the way up. On The Rise serves compelling stories and unique voices in women's college tennis. This is your host, Perry Shinen. In this episode of On The Rise, I will be speaking with Georgia Tech product Irina Falcone, who has spent over 10 years on the professional tour and achieved a career-high world ranking of number 63. Led by head coach Brian Shelton, Irina broke the school record for career singles winning percentage and left Tech as the top player in the country. Now, Falcone also works as a tennis broadcaster, covering the biggest tournaments in the world. Welcome to another episode of On The Rise podcast. I'm joined today by Irina Falcone-Hartman from Georgia Tech Women's Tennis and the Professional Tour. Irina, how are you? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, no worries. I would love you to tell us the story of how you ended up at Georgia Tech, which is kind of crazy and really fun. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Long story short, back in the day when you went to college, it was kind of deemed, guess she couldn't make it. She went to college. And so I was so gung-ho on playing pro tennis. But my junior going into senior year, we went and visited Brian Shelton at Georgia Tech. My coach wanted to show us if we decided to go to college, this is what you would go to. And we chose Georgia Tech because they had just won the NCAAs. And I told him, I was like, well, it was nice to meet you, but I'm going pro. But if I do go to college, it'll be with you. And I'm sure he's heard that a million times. A year later, I was playing Sanaz Morand in a tournament in Texas. And it was the weirdest scoreline ever. I think it was 06-06-06. I lost the match. I called my mom. I was like, oh my gosh, I should go to college, blah, blah, blah. And I was just Skyping with my friend Nina a few days later because she was going to UCLA. She had her life set. And I was like, maybe I'll just come to UCLA. And she's like, dude, you can't just do that. What about Georgia Tech? And I was like, I don't know if they have a spot. She's like, well, Rebecca Marino just turned pro. Rebecca Marino was supposed to go to Georgia Tech. And I was like, oh, I'll just email Brian. And I was just like, hi, don't know if you remember me. My name's Irina. (laughs) Came over last year. Want to know if you have a spot. He messaged me seconds later and he's like, yes, we would love to have you. We have a spot, but we're going to have to hurry. It was July and school started August 18th. Just crazy. I don't know what I was thinking, but it took my efforts in terms of finishing my high school via homeschooling. Which you did in two weeks, correct? Yeah, I took my one remaining credit, which was a foreign language, and I'm fluent in Spanish, so I took Spanish one, and I was like, here we go, done deal. And so I was able to finish that. My mom had to help me with so much work, and Coach Shelton had to go in front of the board. I mean, there was so many hoops to go through. But then I got a call and he's like, we'll see you in August 18th. And I was like, oh, I'm actually going to go to National Hardcourts. I'll see you there. I got third place there. For him, he's like, all right, I'm bringing a decent player. She's playing halfway decent. Halfway decent. It's very kind of you to say. At the time, like, you know, I was just mad because I should have won. That's where my mind went. But I showed up, didn't know any of the girls, didn't even visit the campus, didn't know what the courts looked like. And... Yeah, showed up in my orange Razor scooter and uh, said hey to the girls and met the team. That was what my introduction to Georgia Tech was. You had a Razor scooter? Oh, yeah. It was great. You scooted to practice? I scooted everywhere until this really cute guy on the tennis team told me, oh, my gosh, you have a scooter? And then I didn't scoot again. I was like, ah, I guess that's lame. That is so iconic that you scooted to practice. Did your teammates want to scoot too? 
Oh, no, they probably thought it was the lamest thing ever. It wasn't the electric one. You know, it was the one that you actually had to push hard for. There's this hill that was called Tech Hill, and it was just, oh, it was tough. And so I realized soon that maybe scooting was maybe not the way to go, but I got a few laughs in. (laughs) And so at Georgia Tech, your first year, what was that like? Did you have thoughts about leaving right away and turning pro, or did you really feel present in the experience? I was quite present in the experience for sure. Once I got on the team, it became about the team for me. It didn't become about me anymore. I was very much a team player at Georgia Tech. It was all about the girls. That was my biggest thing. I wanted to win for them. Even though you had pro tennis in your future, did it take the pressure off to be playing for your school? First year, definitely. We did quite well. Individually, I did quite well. And then my sophomore year came around. And I had a really good year. I was already getting the questions after my first year, like, are you coming back? And I was for sure coming back. But then after my second year, I knew I was like, ah, I think it's time to go. Was it hard for you? Oh, yeah. The hardest thing was just to tell my coach and then tell the girls. In a sense, they probably feel like I'm abandoning them, but wouldn't change it for the world. What did you take from college tennis onto the tour? I had a lot of winning under my belt. (laughs) that helped. My confidence was quite high. And that's why I think my transition was so nice because I was able to win so much in college and going to the pros. I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep winning because that's just what I do. (laughs) And socially, was it difficult to transition both to the team element and then away from it back on tour? Did it feel lonely? It always feels lonely, no matter what. But the transition wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, especially due to the fact that I had played some ITF circuit events. You know, I went to Mexico for six weeks by myself when I was 16, played 10Ks. And so I knew what it was like. And so then you ended up getting your degree from Indiana University East, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. And what did you study? Business. It was a program through the WTA. 75% of your tuition would be paid for. If you got a C or better, so it was nice. I was able to finish. That's awesome. And it's Mm -hmm. been such a great program. I feel like a lot of players have taken advantage of that. In today's world, I just feel like it's not a bad thing to have. To be a college coach, you have to have a college degree. So are you thinking perhaps college coaching one day? No, but it would be fun. I mean, my husband, actually, we were at Georgia Tech, and he's like, you need to be a college coach. And I'm like... Okay, let me just put that on my to-do list real quick. (laughs) So for those of us that don't know, I am absolutely obsessed with all Grand Slams and with the U.S. Open and the fact that you have not only been a player, but you're now commentating. I mean, what does it mean to you to be in this elite space? It's exciting. I was raised in New York, and so it's even more special every single time I come back. Pizza and the bagels are calling my name every single time, and I just enjoy it there. I do it for the world feed, and I was able to be part of the commentating team when COVID was around, so it was pretty historic moment to have a completely empty stadium watching Djokovic and watching, you know, all the greats. How did your experience as a player really influence your role and your analysis? My biggest thing is strategy and game plan. Just from a warm-up, I can see girls' weaknesses and see what side they like more. You can kind of dissect their movement a little bit. And so, Being able to go ahead and use that bird's eye view. I mean, I have yet to lose a point from the booth. I have never lost a point. It's unbelievable. I'm undefeated. People always ask me like, oh, is it hard to commentate? And I'm like, just talking tennis. I can talk tennis all day. I mean, when I played against some of the girls that I've watched, I'm like, ah, 
yeah, I remember her back end just being money. And it's actually really cool when I'm in the booth with a commentator and the announcer is asking me questions because a lot of times I can answer and be like, okay, this is probably her game plan. You obviously have relationships with a lot of these players from your days as a pro. Do you find that it's difficult sometimes to critique them on air? My biggest thing is I never really critique. I always compliment. So, for example, if a girl didn't move well to the ball, I'll just say, wow, that was a phenomenal shot by the other player. I have been complimented myself on how much I compliment other players because you do find a lot of announcers and commentators can sometimes get a little critique happy and just start going off on a player and you just, you don't want that. I mean, some people are fine with it. I'm not a fan. I know how hard it is to play on tour and I know how difficult it is to execute or have an easy ball and miss it. I've done it a gazillion times. And so I try and be as factual and partial and just very respectful of the fact that these players are doing something not a lot of people can do. (laughs) It's a lovely perspective that you have there because I think the sport deserves a lot of positive attention and especially these pros that are just starting out and out on the challenger tour. I mean, it's not a glamorous life. And so you started out playing challengers, playing lower level. You did really well. What Mm -hmm. was that like those first few years on tour? first year was actually one of the most fun because I was the new kid on the block and no one really knew who I was. No one really knew my game yet. And so I was able to kind of climb up the rankings quite high. I think in like 10 months, I was 70 something in the world. And so the second year was actually the toughest because that's what they call the sophomore year where you have to go and defend all the points that you made that first year. And everybody's like, let me watch her on YouTube and, you know, gather some information. And then once you drop, it's just you're trying to claw your way back. That's what you find is once you actually play the slams, once you actually play those elite level tournaments, that's all you want to play. And when you do play those, you're playing the best of the best. And so sometimes you will lose. There was never a time where it wasn't tough. I qualified for Wimbledon one year, was playing center court at Wimbledon against Kerber. Like, wow, great first round draw. And the next week after that, I had to play 60K in middle of nowhere, California, where they didn't even have locker rooms for the players. The whole time I was just thinking, wow, you go from center court at Wimbledon to no locker rooms. It's very easy to just think that it is glamorous. You just see the tournaments on TV. But even at Wimbledon, it's still tough because you're trying to play well. You're trying to beat your opponent. And so I would never say, wow, it was such an easy road. Never, (laughs) never. Did you feel more pressure on those huge stages at Wimbledon when perhaps the stakes may have been lower for you personally as a player or at those lower levels when you were expected to do better? There was never really any pressure in the big stages, especially in the beginning. Once you started playing a little bit more and more, there was definitely pressure uh, when you were the higher ranked player and you were playing against someone that was lower ranked. But overall, I mean, pressure is pressure no matter what. As a broadcaster, do you feel a different kind of pressure? Yes, absolutely. Because you never want to say too little, but you also never want to just say like things that are so obvious, like, wow, great shot. People don't need to hear that. And I remember in the beginning, people would just say, you know, there's times where you just don't need to say anything. And don't state the obvious. Tell us how we got there. And that changed my perspective a lot because I was able to dissect even more in a point. People I have heard 
that they feel like they learn and that I'm educating them when I'm speaking about tennis, which is really nice. It's a nice compliment. So I'm constantly trying to strive for that. Hearing you commentate, it's been really special for me because I've learned a lot from you and from your style. Oh, that's funny. I can't believe you actually heard it. Did you hear the US Open commentary? Or? I did. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's awesome. I appreciate that. I like to get critiqued <laughs> because I want to be better. So I won't critique people, but I want to be critiqued. Was there ever a moment when you reached your career high that you kind of took a moment to reflect or were you all in? Tennis is one of those weird things where the rankings, they just shuffle and it's so up and down. I remember I went from 75 to 81 in a week. Tennis is one of those things where if you're not maintaining, you're going down. And so there was never a point where I was like, oh man, I'm satisfied now. There was one point in my career where I had not the best coach. He told me that I was never going to be able to reach that level again. That's the kind of person that he was. And so I was super, super happy to be able to get my career high after he had said that. That could not have been an easy thing to hear in the moment and somewhat of a traumatic experience. And so that brings us to mental health, which is this huge topic right now, but something that has been needed to be discussed for so many years. What are your thoughts on current players, obviously Naomi, creating this huge wave of change in the Women's Tennis Association? I think it's fantastic. I think it's definitely something that you need to talk about. I mean, I can't even imagine the pressures that she has being former number one and beating Serena at the U.S. Open. It's just got to be a million miles an hour for her all the time. I can't ever try and put myself in her shoes because I have no idea what that's like. But yeah, everybody handles it differently. I actually took a year off due to mental health just because I wasn't enjoying tennis. I was winning matches and people would be like, oh, how are you feeling? I'm like, miserable. I hate this. I'm done. And so I think it took one or two matches and I just reached out to my coaches and I was like, I'm done for the year. I'm putting the rackets away. I don't know when I'll be back. I don't know if I'll be back, but I need to find my happiness again. And it took a little bit over a year, but I did. And so I just think that sometimes we're actually not taking the right steps to get happier and feel healthier and all that stuff. I'm a big advocate of if you're not enjoying something, don't try and keep chasing it and hoping it'll happen. Sometimes you need to step away from the game to just adjust and reset. Did you say mental health when you stepped away or did you kind of put it under something else? I just, I think it was like mental injury, (laughs) which I mean, it didn't have the greatest sound to it, but that's essentially what it was. Uh, I just put my happiness over any ranking points and prize money. And so for that year, how did you find yourself again? I think I just started doing things that I would have never been able to do before. Things like just going on my sister's bachelorette party. I helped her set up her wedding. I wouldn't have had time to do that. I went camping for the first time in 20 years. I knew that I didn't have a schedule. I was just able to enjoy life. And, oh, there were days that were really hard just because you almost had to find a purpose. I didn't realize what my purpose was. And I didn't have a daughter. You find your purpose real quick when you have a kid. But at that time, I just was quite lost. I think it was just a lot of trial and error, talking to friends, watching tennis and do I miss it? Playing a little bit again. Do I miss it? Do I want to go back? When did you know that you were ready to go back? I was coaching a little bit and then I started wanting to play a little bit more and hit a little bit more. And I was like, wow, I'm actually enjoying playing. I'm actually enjoying the process. And 
once that happened, I was like, okay, we're back in it. We're good. And then I came back with a vengeance. I was doing quite well. And then COVID hit. It was quite disappointing. But I still have quite a few tournaments to play with my special ranking. I'm not officially retired, so make sure you don't say I'm retired just yet. So cool. My last question is, what's on your to-do list? I have to pump later. (laughs) Very important. My to-do list is pretty much surrounded around my baby right now. I've got her like on a schedule. I'm very much regimented in that sense. I know how important routines are for children. So I try and give her a routine as much as I possibly can. Probably do a run with her in the morning and get her to sleep and do it all over again (laughs) every single day until she can go and do it all on her own. That is so cute that you run with her in the morning. She loves it. What's her name? Isabella. Do you want her to be a player? I joke with people. I say I can probably teach her to get a full ride somewhere if that's what she wanted to do. But honestly, as I've progressed in life, I just want her to do something that makes her happy. Cool. Well, thank you so much for all of your time. And this has been incredible for me to meet you and to learn more about your journey. My name is Irina Falcone-Hartman, and I'm on the rise. And this is Perry Shinen, and this has been another episode of On the Rise Podcast. This has been an episode of On the Rise, a Tennis Channel podcast in partnership with Behind the Racket and produced by Molly Schulson. Join us next time to continue our conversation about women's college tennis. This is Perry Shinen, On the Rise.